was I? Young Timothy didn't have to talk through a microphone. Young Timothy had many obstacles. He had many struggles. He had many opportunities. But the Apostle Paul would begin to write these letters to Timothy, helping to instruct him in the ways of the Lord and instruct him in the Word. And young Timothy would then act on all of these things. So the Apostle Paul had wrote many letters, and he would oftentimes mention young Timothy in these letters. It's believed that probably second uh, Timothy may have been one of the last letters that the Apostle Paul had actually wrote. They believe First Thessalonians was actually the first one that he wrote, but Second Timothy may have been one of those last letters before he was actually uh, killed in Rome, martyred for his faith. But in talking about contentment and the root of all evil, we see here in First Timothy chapter six at verse six is where we'll be starting tonight. And the word tells us, but godliness with contentment is great gain. So in this one verse, the apostle here lays out great knowledge to young Timothy, talking about contentment in the Lord. Church, I want you to know it's very hard for us to stay satisfied, amen? It's very hard, it's very difficult for us to say satisfied in the Lord. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting more. There's nothing wrong with desiring more of the things of God, but we have to always be ensured that we are staying in accordance with her, with His will, that the flesh is not trying to rile up and take over, and that it's one of our earthly human desires that we actually want this thing. But the Bible tells us that godliness with contentment is great gain for the believer. And he doesn't just stop there, but he tells us in verse 7, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. So he's here talking about possessions. Church, I want to ask y'all tonight, how many of us have got off into debt, have got off into situations, have got off into different things, and how much has that truly hindered our faith, our walk with the Lord? Amen. I can look back on certain situations in my own life I was working a safety director job down in Homa. And I've told you this story many times where I was having to drive down to Homa and I was spending about three hours in a vehicle a day with traffic and it was just horrendous. I would leave my house about 5.30, sometimes 5.45 in the morning and I would get home between 8 and 9 o'clock every night. I would get calls all through the middle of the night. I was making really good money for a young man at that time. I was about maybe 25, 24 years old. I was making really great money at that time. And then I got an offer to actually go and work another job on the other side of Lafayette. And I was going to get about $20,000 more than what I was currently making. I was already making really good money. But I had met with the president of this company. And I began to talk with him and discuss the details. Doing the exact thing I was doing. I was going to be the director of the whole company for safety. I was going to have about six to eight managers of safety working under me, a very high-priority job at that time, especially for a young man. But as I began to talk, as I began to listen, it sounded very much the same as the job I was currently working. You see, it wasn't necessarily just the hours. 
it wasn't just the time. It wasn't just the devotion, even though I was maybe away from my family more than I wanted to be, and I was doing other things I maybe didn't want to be. It wasn't that that was the only circumstance. The greatest circumstance is why I was really looking for another job is not to make more money, but I was looking for a job that I was going to have more time to devote to the Lord. You see, I'd come to a saving knowledge of the Lord about that same identical time. And I couldn't hardly ever go to church on Wednesdays, hardly ever. And I, most of the time, sometimes couldn't even make Sunday services because I would be called out or something would happen. I was looking for a role. I was looking for an opportunity not to make more money, but to grow in my relationship and go further and deeper in the Lord. I want to tell you, physical possessions, they can hinder your walk. Amen? Tremendously. They cannot just take all of your time away, but they can hinder your walk. The, it tells us a lot of times that the more we have, the more we worry about. Amen? I was just talking to a brother today. Hey, I'm thankful for this place. Sister Sharon, I'm thankful for the work and the hard work and all of the people that's been here for all these years, what was built, what was saved, and what was accomplished. But church, I want to tell you all tonight, this church is not this building and this land. This church is the people. We are the church. I don't want us to ever lose sight of that. As the pastor right now, I don't want us to ever lose sight of that. It is not about the physical place. It is about the people and the hearts and the growth in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're the church, amen. We are the body. The physical possessions, come on, they can hinder you so much to where you're sitting around thinking about all that nonsense all the time and actually hinder your walk. I didn't take that job, thank the Lord, but instead I took a $35,000 pay cut from what I was working to then go working right here in Holden so that I could be home every night with my family. And more importantly, I could serve the Lord, amen, in a much greater capacity than I ever thought possible. Since that point, the Lord called me into different types of ministry, and now I'm pastoring a church. Amen? Amen. Amen. We brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Church, it's all going to be left to the moss. Amen? Everything that we think we have possession of, your greatest possession you have right now, is your relationship with Jesus Christ. That is your greatest possession, amen, is your relationship. You should guard it. You should nurture it. You should protect it above all other things in this universe is your relationship with Jesus Christ. And verse 8 says this, And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. You know, I've had the privilege to go to th preach on three different continents now. Thank the Lord for that. Because it's certainly not in and of myself. He could have sent anybody over there. But I've had that privilege to be able to do that. And one of the great things I've seen in all these places I've been to, all of them third world countries, extreme poverty, especially India and Africa, all of them in a, in a place of extreme poverty. But all of them had the same type demeanor. They had more hunger and more thirst for the things of the Lord than I've ever seen anywhere else. And, you know, one of the major reasons is because here in the States, we need the Lord. But over there, they know they need the Lord. And they had such a hunger, such a thirst 
for the things of God, amen. They would come and they would stay all day long, and they would want you to minister to them all day long. I remember we had a, a service one time, and we invited in India, we invited pastors to come. We were expecting like 80 pastors to come from the surrounding area, and 150 of them showed up. And I got up and ministered for six hours, three different teachings for six hours to these pastors. And when we stopped to eat, I was done. The pastors came to me and says, well, are you going to keep going because we want you to keep preaching? Trust me, it wasn't some great teaching by Joey Mack, amen? It's that they were hungry and they were thirsty for the Word of God. You see, they had food and they had raiment, and they said, that's all we need. We want more of Jesus Christ. We want more of Jesus Christ. We are content, amen, of where the Lord has us at this moment. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for that. And verse 9 says this, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith, and they have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. I think all of us can say, many of us, probably many of ourselves, we have tried to chase money at different times in our lives. Amen? But the Bible tells us that that attitude, that lust for money, the lust for things that money brings, it's not just money itself, but it's the love of money. It's what we're able to do with money. Church, even times with money, we're able to buy power. We're able to buy control. We're able to buy status. We're able to do all those things. It's not necessarily money, but it's what money brings. And the Bible tells us that it is the love of what it brings is the root of all evil. Church, it will have us doing things in our hearts that we never thought we would do again because we lust after those things. And the Bible tells us that those that have coveted after those things, they have erred from the faith. The Bible would even go as far as to tell us that it's like going through the eye of the needle, amen, trying to put a camel through the eye of the needle. And that's not literally talking about that, but it's talking about how hard it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. The camel would have to humble himself. He would have to get all the way down, and he would have to scooch forward very, very small to get through that eye of the needle, to get through that place in Jerusalem, that gate. He could not just walk through it, but he would have to prostrate himself and go all of the way down so that he could enter into that gate humbly. He would have to humble himself. And that's how the Bible tells us how hard it is for a rich man, a man with many goods, with much sustenance, amen, to enter into the kingdom of heaven. We end up piercing ourselves with many sorrows as we lust after the things that money brings. But verse 11 tells us this, But you, O man of God, Flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. So the apostle here isn't just telling young Timothy who had his whole life before him, a young man who could actually pursue probably whatever he wanted. It says Timothy was actually very intelligent, so he probably could have actually been very successful in whatever business adventure he probably would have went off into. He probably would have been very successful. He was very intelligent. But Paul here is giving him knowledge 
great knowledge talking about pursuing the things of the Lord. He doesn't just tell him not to love money and the things that money brings, but he says, I want you to literally flee from these things. I want you to turn and I want you to begin to walk away. I want you to flee from these things that could take over your heart. I want you to move away from them. And instead of following after the things of money, following after the things of the world, I want you to pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Church, that's quite a list, amen? That's quite a list that he's telling him to pursue after. Verse 12, he tells them about the fight. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold onto eternal life wherewith you are called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Now, church, I want to tell you, we hear this verse quite a lot, don't we, in Christendom. In fact, I was just preaching this morning about faith, trusting and believing totally in the Lord. Most of the time, the Bible tells us that the weapons of our warfare, they're not cornered, but they're mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. That we have supernatural armor that we put on that God protects us. We have the shield of faith. We have the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the footwear of peace. We have all those things. We have supernatural armor that God puts on us. And it's not actually our fight that we're wrestling against. For we're wrestling against these spirits, against principalities, against powers, against the working of darkness. All these different things the Lord tells us. But right here, he is telling us about a fight that you and I are going to have to fight. And that fight is not against these things, but instead the fight is within ourselves to keep the faith. To fight the good fight of faith. The illustration is this, is that there is many that is trying to lay hold onto this faith. And they've all gathered around. There's many men, there's many women that is all trying to grab this faith and one has reached out and has grabbed it and has held on to it and others tackle them and try and take it from them but they continue just to hold on through all of the adversity and all those that are scratching all those that are fighting all those that are trying to take it away it says you lay hold unto your faith and no matter what happens around you you lay hold unto it amen because it is by your faith that you are going to win the battle faith in a risen Savior, faith in the Lord, that His provision, amen, is enough, and that God has already won the battle for us. Faith, fight this good fight of faith. Verse 13 says this, I give you charge in the sight of God who quickens, which means to bring to life all things. And before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession that you keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. By the way, this name potentate, it actually means supreme monarch, amen? Supreme monarch, who only has immortality dwelling in the light, which no man can approach and to whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. And he tells us in verse 17, talking about trust and to flee from the riches of this world, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, 
nor trust in uncertain riches, but instead in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Church, did you know all the riches that you have in this life? God gave them to you to enjoy, amen? We talk about being cast out of the garden, but did you not know that the earth is a large garden that he has given us to inhabit, amen? He's given us dominion of the earth, of the fowls of the air, and of the beasts of the field. God has given this unto us, amen? He has made man in his image. He is the father of lights. He's the giver of all good things. Everything this good comes down from above. It comes down from him. He has given us all these things that we may enjoy them. Verse 18 says that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute and willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold onto eternal life. And he ends it with this, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to your trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so-called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Grace be, in, be with you. Amen. So we see right here, I didn't want to keep you long tonight, we see right here actually him talking about contentment and then talking about the root of, of all evil and giving this to young Timothy, which I think is very applicable to us today, to fight the good fight of faith and not let riches, amen, become in our heart of hearts if that's what we desire and cause us to err in the faith. The Lord's good tonight, amen. Amen. Give him some praise. Anything before we close tonight, anything y'all wanted to discuss? Y'all wanted to talk about either the word tonight or what's maybe been going on in your heart or any prayer request or anything y'all want to communicate tonight amongst us before we close tonight. Amen. Yeah, so if you didn't know, um, Brother Paul is going to actually minister tomorrow night for the men's fellowship. And uh, we're looking forward to it. I mean, I know it's been quite a while since he has spoke the word, so we're looking forward to it tomorrow night. Amen. But he he desires to talk what the Lord's been doing in his life and share the word and the growth in his life. And so we're excited about the Lord bringing that forth. That's what the men's fellowship is actually all about. So be praying for him that the Lord would anoint, he would touch, and he would guide in wisdom and discernment. Amen. As he brings the word tonight. Anything else? Why are y'all quiet tonight? It's okay to ask for that specifically. You know, I mean, we talked about being content, and whatever God gives, it's his will. And, and we should be content with what we have. But the Bible also tells us 
Asking you shall receive, seeking you shall find, and knocking it shall be opened unto you. So there's there's nothing wrong with, I, I remember a lady, she uh, wanted to get married. And uh, she asked me, she always had me praying for her. Please pray that the Lord would send me a husband. And I don't just want a husband, I want a husband that's got hair. I don't like men that don't have hair. And so I prayed. I prayed that the Lord would send her a husband that had hair. And, and sure enough, she married a man uh, that was older than her that had a head full of hair. So there's nothing wrong <laughs> There's nothing wrong with asking for things specifically, but in accordance with the word tonight, wherever the Lord has us, whatever the Lord brings to us, we should be content. Amen? Not trying to bring about something that is not of the Lord. If it's of the Lord, then we pursue it, then we seek it. But we be content what is of the Lord. Amen? And the Lord is teaching me that every day. Amen? I'd love to be out there running around trying to be Billy Graham, okay? But he's got me here. He's got me here, okay? So I'm learning that just as much as as anybody else, amen? And he has put contentment, hallelujah, in my heart. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Anybody else tonight? Sister, you had something? said his name is brother malcolm yes ma'am yes absolutely he has still a lot of sickness we're going to pray for that church i'm i'm ready to pray for this flu to be done with this area and we're going we're going to pray that tonight i'm gonna believe in faith i want you to join me in prayer the flu needs to be done here in jesus name we've had people had the flu here twice since uh, November or so that, you know, it circles back around and it touches people, and it's it's bad. It's bad. You got flu, you got strep, you got a bad cold out there, pneumonia. All those things have been very prevalent this year. I've seen them, and I thank the Lord I haven't had them yet, but uh, hopefully I won't. But we're going to pray tonight that all that sickness is gone from our, from our body. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah. Anybody else uh, tonight? Anything y'all want to talk about or discuss? I told y'all when I took over here that I wanted to give us an opportunity to communicate. And, man, I didn't think we had enough of that in the past. And sometimes that type of communication can kind of get out of hand. I know that. But I think this format on Sunday night, uh, it's good. And it's intimate. Amen. So uh, if y'all want to talk about anything or discuss anything, we can do that. Amen. We can do that because uh, being a small church... We need to move in the things of a small body also. Even if this church was filled up with 300 people, we'd still be a small church. Amen. So there's there's no reason we shouldn't get to know one another. We shouldn't care about one another. We shouldn't help one another. We shouldn't have that fellowship, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, some people are here just for the small church atmosphere. Y'all have heard me say that many times, but I'm going to keep promoting that. Um, we're here for a reason at this church, things we like, and uh, we should be promoting that small church body amen not not knowing what one another's not doing not caring about one another that's for bigger churches where you can't sit in the back row and they don't know where you're there or not they don't care they don't know your name amen we shouldn't have any of that at unity prayer center amen so by all means if y'all want to talk or have something to say uh so let's share it amen let's
let's talk about it together. Any other prayer requests or praise reports? Any praise reports? stand with us tonight and let's pray. Church, I believe because the Lord goes before us, we got great things in store for us this year. Amen. I believe that with everything in me. I wouldn't ever get up here and say that if I didn't believe it. This can be the best year that Unity Prayer Center has ever had. This year. And it starts with the people right here in this room. People that are committed, people that are faithful, people that are hungry, people that are thirsty for the things of God, people that are hungry and have a desire for God to grow in them. And when God grows in us, it's going to spread to others. Amen. That's how God chooses to work. He works through people. He works through you. He works through me. He works through us together amen so let's keep that in mind as we push forward into this year that god is going before us in unity prayer center look i know things are different around here than what they used to be i get it i'm not saying it's any better and i'm not saying it's any worse i know it's different you got new leadership you got new people you got new things going on it's going to be different but it can be better than it's ever been not because of us but because of God. Because of God. Amen? Let's have that mindset. Let's have that thought. Let's have that heartbeat as we approach the Lord, as we approach one another. And church, let's protect. That's probably somebody out there racing on uh, 63. Y'all don't worry about that. That's a racetrack. Don't ever step out in the road. You'll get run over by somebody driving 100 miles an hour out there. Don't worry about that. But let's have a desire, let's have a hunger and a thirst for the growth of this church. When you hear people communicate about this church, don't listen to what people say negatively. You tell them how it really is, amen? You tell them how it really is, you know. You know. You know how it is around here. You correct them if they say something incorrect and wrong. You say, no, I attend that church. I know what's going on there. And it's going to get better. It's going to get better than it's ever been here because God is going before us. Let's have that mindset. Let's be in unity, y'all. I'm not saying we're not in unity. I'm saying let's be more in unity than we've ever been here before. It is not about any one person here. It's about us as a body. Us. Together. Amen. Let's have that mindset. Oh, let's bow our heads and let's pray tonight. Church, let's touch and believe tonight that God is going to answer all these prayers. Let's have faith tonight. Amen. Let's have faith. Heavenly Father, Lord, we approach your throne room tonight, Lord, boldly, Lord God. But you have told us, you have commanded us that we can walk into and ask of that which we need in our time of need.
Lord, I pray, Lord, for all these needs tonight. Lord, I pray, Lord, for Brother Paul. Lord, he's going to bring the word tomorrow night, Lord God. Lord, he's nervous. Lord, he hasn't spoken in a long time. But, Lord God, you have already went before him, Lord God. Lord, you have given him the word. You have given him unction. You have given him desire, Lord, to speak, to give a testimony, Lord God, of what you have done in his life. And, Lord, I would ask, Lord, it wouldn't just have effect. It would have great effect that those that would hear it, Lord, would be encouraged. They would be uplifted. It would build their faith, oh, Lord God. They would see themselves in the same circumstances, and they would know that you are no respecter of persons, and that, Lord, you give, and you are great, and you are loving, God. So, Lord, I ask you to anoint him right now in Jesus' name. Let him not be nervous. Let him not worry, Lord God, because you are the giver, Lord God. So, Lord, give him the message, and then anoint him, Lord, to speak it. Lord, I also pray, Lord, for his job situation, Lord God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would have that right and that proper job. And, Lord, not just any job, but, Lord, a job where he doesn't have to travel out of town. For, Lord, he wants to be close to his family. He wants to be close to his church. He doesn't want to be away. He doesn't want to be distant. So, Lord God, you know, Lord, this has not caught you by surprise. You have said that all things work together for good for those who love you, for those who are called according to your purpose. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus tonight... Bring forth, Lord, the right and proper job that he may work it. He may put in the hard time, Lord God, but he may be able to provide for his family, Lord, in accordance with your will. So, Lord, open up the hearts and desires of those people, Lord. Give him charisma, oh Lord God, that he may walk into this new role, this new job, which you alone can give him. And let him speak that testimony, oh, Lord God, of what you gave. Lord, we pray, Lord, for Sister Jennifer, Lord, Tuesday morning as she goes, Lord, to the hospital, that you would touch those physicians, you would touch their minds, you would touch their hands. Lord, you would give them knowledge that everything would be a success and she would have a speedy, proper healing in Jesus' name, Lord God. Touch this, dear sister. Lord, I pray, Lord, tonight for the unspoken. Lord, we know the situation, Lord God, and Lord, we do not know all the details, but you know, Lord God, so Lord, move, Lord, move heaven and earth, Lord, to touch this situation and rectify it and restore it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray tonight, Lord, for Brother Malcolm, Lord God. Lord, we know that the news is dire, Lord, that it's glim, and Lord, we don't know how much time this dear brother has, Lord, hospice has been brought in, but Lord, we know the family has gathered around, and it is a dark troubling time so lord i would just ask that you would touch their hearts lord you would give them encouragement to let them know lord that you are sovereign and lord you are working out everything in accordance with your will so lord keep them and protect him lord and help him lord in this dear situation lord do your work lord in jesus name lord i pray tonight oh lord god for all those that have been distant from this church from this body Lord, I don't know why they haven't been attending church, but Lord God, you know. Lord, I would just ask that you would spark their hearts tonight, oh Lord God. You would give them unction, Lord. Your love would just penetrate the hardness. It would penetrate, Lord, all the things that they think about this place, Lord God. And you would bring them back unto this body, Lord. Do this work, Lord, in Jesus' name. Bring them back, oh Lord God, with joy, with expectation, with desire, Lord, to be a part of your kingdom, Lord, to be a part of us, Lord. Bring them back, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Lord, all those, Lord, who are in darkness, Lord, I just pray tonight that you would touch them, that you would penetrate them, that they would know that you are still reaching, you are still seeking, you are still searching, Lord, for them. 
that, Lord, you desire them, O Lord God, tonight. Help them, O Lord God, to hear and know, Lord, that you are still seeking, Lord, in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I pray for us tonight, O Lord God. Lord, the simple word you gave us, the instruction, Lord God, to flee, Lord, from these things, to be content, Lord, in wherever you have us and what you have us doing. Lord, to not seek, Lord, earthly gain, to not seek riches, to not seek money, but instead to seek the things of your kingdom, Lord, your righteousness. We shall seek first, Lord, and then all these things shall be accounted unto us. Help us, Lord, to continue to walk, to look to you for all that we need, all that we desire as you build the kingdom in us, Lord God. And, Lord, as you build in us, Lord, let it overflow, Lord, to others that we come into contact with, to this community, to this state, and to this world. Lord, overfill us, Lord, with provision so that we may give unto the world, Lord, unto the hurt, to the lost, to the dying, and to the needy. Lord, make us vessels, Lord, distributors, Lord, of your goodness, your greatness, and your light, O Lord God, that shall go out from this place. We love you and we trust you, Lord, and believe you for all these things. Continue to go before us, Lord, and we will follow after you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name tonight and believe it to be so. And everyone said amen and amen.